right, good day, Christian Israel. Your folk radio is on the air with another lesson from the book of Second Samuel. We're almost over the, that book. I think we're going to finish it today and get into First Kings. But first we have a, a lesson because what's going to transpire here in chapter 21 of Second Samuel is the problem of the Gibeonites, which was confronted by Joshua when Joshua made a promise to the Gibeonites, even though they lied to him and told him that they were not Canaanites, okay? It's like, if some if a Jew came to your house and told you that he was not a Jew, would you believe him, Dan? <laughs> no. No, okay? <laughs> yeah, we, we can smell him coming 10 miles away, right? So, but, but of course, uh, Joshua and the Israelites, they were new at this game, right? They, they, had, they had never seen a Jew slash Canaanite, all right? So, uh, so these Gibeonites, in order to save their own lives, pretended to be outsiders, and so Joshua spared them. So, the, but the lesson here is one of keeping your word, especially if you uh, make a statement or a promise in the name of Yahweh. In fact, I thought of it too late. Bobby Darren may, uh, had a song, kind of a big hit. Don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> That's a good rule to follow. Over to you, Dan. Okay, well, I guess I will start off with the article itself before yeah. we head into Second uh, Samuel chapter 21. Right. The name of this article is Promise to Gibeonites Upheld. As previously noted, God made many prophecies through people. He chose to speak for him. These usually spoke proclaiming their words were directly from God. However, others spoke prophecies that they themselves spoke, although they were God-inspired. In addition, God sometimes held people to the promises they made as well. An example of that is presented here. When Joshua and the Israelite army started their conquest in Canaan, the people from the town of Gibeon decided to, decided to try trickery to save their lives. <clears throat> God had told the Israelites to drive out completely all those who lived in Canaan over time and not to make any covenants with them. Exodus chapter 23, verses 31 through 33. However, having seen their neighbors being wiped out by Israel, the people of Gibeon, descendants of the Amorites, 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 2, of whose land was promised to Israel through Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 21, and who lived in a nearby section of Canaan, put on old clothes, packed in <laughs> bread, and they had traveled a long distance. Hold on, hold on. Isn't this... Kind of a, a familiar story, like in the Middle Ages, folks. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Right, right. If only our people had remembered that these Jews are Canaanites and to not make them promises. You know, oh yeah, you can move into our neighborhood. Just be good, right? Oh yeah, right. Like yeah. that has ever worked. Okay, back to you. They did this so they could make a peace treaty with Israel and would agree to be their servants if Israel agreed to spare their lives. Joshua chapter 9, verses 1 through 13. Joshua and the leaders, knowing God's command to them about the inhabitants of Canaan, Joshua chapter 9, verse 7, did not trust them at first, but later believed them. Yet they did not seek the Lord in regard to their decision. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pray about it, folks. Better pray about absolutely. it before you make a decision. Yeah, okay. Any big decision you yeah, should be Yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah. Should I let these should we let these Jews into our country again? <laughs> right. Cuz they've only been kicked out of what <laughs> No. Yeah, 114 at least. Yeah. Yeah. Later, Joshua found out about the ruse and made the Gibeonites slaves to Israel. Joshua chapter 9, verses 15 through 27. However, during the time of Saul, the first king of Israel, 1 Samuel chapter 11, verses 17 through 25, Saul tried to annihilate the Gibeonites, 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 2. And God showed his displeasure by sending a three-year famine during the reign of King David, 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 1. The reason God did this is unknown, but may be tied to the command God had given Israel which stated the alien within their land should be treated as native-born. Verses 19. Well, no, 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 that's that's not it. That's not it. It's because Joshua made this promise not to harm the Gibeonites. That's why, right? Yeah. Okay, That, that uh, this, uh, this guy is a Judeo-Christian, obviously, right? And you yeah. don't break a promise made in the name of Yahweh. Well, first of all, the Gibeonites uh, were uh, tribute in tribute to the Israelites from that moment forward. Okay, and so rather than uh, break th- this covenant that the Gibeonites made with Joshua, because if they did, then the, then the Israelites could slaughter them. You know, which is the last thing they would want. So the Gibeonites had to be like an of an outpost of uh, Canaanites. Who served Israel but never intermarried with them, you know, so we were forbidden to intermarry with them. So Yahweh made an exception in this case because Joshua made the promise, alright, in, in his name, alright. So the, we're supposed to keep, if we make a promise in the name of Yahweh, we're supposed to keep it, alright. So just be careful what, <laughs> what, what kind of promises you make, alright, back to you. Regardless, regardless yeah. of who that promise is made to. That's right. Yep. Right. Well, it can only turn out for good. I mean, if you make a promise in the name of Yahweh, even though it was, uh, you know, uh, well, it shouldn't be done half-heartedly in any case, you know, but even in error, which is the case here, Yahweh will make it uh, work out for you. Okay? Mm-hmm. He has the power to do that. All right. Back to you. Okay. When David asked the Gibeonites what they wanted for retribution, they replied they wanted seven of Saul's sons delivered to them for execution. Oh, boy. Second Samuel oh chapter boy. 21, verse 6. So, this, you, you, see how serious this is, folks? Right? Mm-hmm. So, so if your descendant breaks a promise you made <laughs> to somebody else in the name of Yahweh, you better be, better remember your own history. All right. Of course, Saul knew that. Saul knew it. But uh, Saul had uh, he, there was certain things he wanted from the Gibeonites, and so his personal avarice, let's put it that way, uh, overcame his, his uh, knowledge. Back to you. This was done, and later David gathered their remains as well as those of Saul and Jonathan, who had previously died in battle. And buried them in a family tomb within Saul's family. Second Samuel chapter twenty-one verses seven through fourteen. And again, and God again blessed the land. Second Samuel chapter twenty-one verse fourteen. You may find this a bizarre story. I will admit it is one of the more unusual stories in the Bible. Yet it does show how seriously God takes His promises 
and the promises of those who he has placed in charge. Even after 200 years, God still held to what Joshua had promised the Gibeonites. Maybe Saul focused on the deception of the Gibeonites and felt he was being patriotic by taking them out. This is a caution to us to understand carefully the history of an event before we take action based upon our own beliefs without all the facts. God upheld Joshua's original promise, and Saul should have also. I think we can see time is inconsequential to God. We cannot use it as an excuse. Yeah, that's why we have to remember our history, right? <laughs> and know our history, right? Yeah, so, uh, but uh, Dan, if I cross my fingers behind my back... <laughs> <laughs> would, would would that nullify any promise I make? <laughs> All I right. Think so. No, I don't think so either. Right. All right. Okay, so let's get into it. Second Samuel chapter twenty one. All right. <clears throat> then there was a famine in the days of David, three years, year after year. And David inquired of Yahweh, and Yahweh answered, It is for Saul and for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them. And Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? And wherewith shall I make the atonement, that you may bless the inheritance of Yahweh? And the Gibeonites said unto him, We will have no silver nor gold of Saul, nor of his house. Neither for us shalt thou kill any man in Israel. And he said, What ye shall say, that will I do for you. And they answered the king, The man that consumed us and that devised against us that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coasts of Israel, let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them up unto Yahweh in Gibeah of Saul, whom Yahweh did choose. Wow. And the king said, I will give them. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Well, uh, David kept Yahweh's promise. Well, promise made yeah. to Yahweh by, uh, yeah. by uh, Joshua. Okay. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of Yahweh's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni, and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mahalathite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before Yahweh. And they fell all seven together, and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of barley harvest. And Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them day by day, on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, the concubine of Saul, had done. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Jabesh-Gilead, which had stolen them from the street of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hanged them when the Philistines had slain Saul in Gilboa. And he brought up from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, and they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. 
And the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, buried they in the country of Benjamin in Zelah, in the sepulcher of Kish, his father. And they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God was entreated for the land. Okay. All right. So, yeah. These, uh, well, what's the saying? Uh, nothing happens without the shedding of blood. <laughs> no, no sin is, uh, uh, you know, uh, assuaged without the shedding of blood. Here we are. Okay. And more, moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And David went down, and his servants with him, and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Ishbibinah, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed three hundred shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. Ooh. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, succored him, and smote the Philistine, and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this that there was again a battle with the Philistines at God. Then Sabakai, the Hushathite, slew Saph, which was of the sons of the giant. And there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jeorgan, a Bethlehemite slew the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where there was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. <laughs> and he also was born to the giant. Okay, it says there were giants there. It means there were giants there. Believe it. Yeah. Right, with six fingers Literal and six giants. toes. That's right. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, the brother of David, slew him. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. I don't believe the part about the six fingers and six toes, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very good. Chapter 22. 22. And David spake unto Yahweh the words of this song in the day that Yahweh had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, Yahweh is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock, and him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on Yahweh, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon Yahweh and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple. And my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. Then went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. And he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him dark waters, and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. Yahweh thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, 
lightning and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The fountains of the world were discovered at the rebuking of Yahweh at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but Yahweh was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Yahweh rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, as he recompensed me. And he punished him according to his wickedness, too. <laughs> right? Yep. For I have kept the ways of Yahweh, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him, and have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore Yahweh has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward, thou shalt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Yahweh, and Yahweh will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of Yahweh is tried. He is a buckler to all that trust in him. For who is God? Save Yahweh. And who is a rock? Save our God. God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hind's feet and sets me on upon my high places. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness has made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them and turned not again until I had consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded them, that they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto Yahweh, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street, and did spread them abroad. Thou hast also delivered me from the strivings of my people. Thou hast kept me to be head of the heathen, a people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. Yahweh lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avenges me and that brings down the people under me and that brings me forth from mine enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up high on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Yahweh, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. He is a tower of salvation for his king and shows mercy to his anointed unto David and to his seed forevermore. 
Okay, so the word uh, strangers in two verses up above is from Nekar, which is uh, hardly ever applied to the Israelites, so it's definitely aliens, okay? Aliens to the race of Israel, okay? So, yeah, very, this reads like a psalm, Dan. It, it reads, yeah. Well, why wasn't it put in there with the psalms? This, this really is a psalm, okay? <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, maybe he uttered this, uh, you know, in, uh, the, you know, in the, in the context of all this history of Second Samuel. Very interesting. All right, chapter 23. Chapter 23. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, and the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, The Spirit of Yahweh spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun rises, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although, although my house be not so with God, yet he has made me, made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. But the sons of Belial shall be all of them as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man that shall touch them must be fenced with iron and the staff of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. All right. Yeah, waiting for that day. <laughs> okay, so any, it sort of answers our question here that these uh, are just about the last words of David before he dies, so that uh, th- this psalm was recorded here for that purpose. Okay, but it definitely reads like a psalm. And it mentions the psalms in this chapter right away. Okay. Verse 8. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800, whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo the Ahoite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword. And Yahweh wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it, and slew the Philistines. And Yahweh wrought a great victory. And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time into the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David 
Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto Yahweh. Oh, okay. And he said, Be it far from me, O Yahweh, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zariah, was chief among three. And he lifted up his spear against three hundred and slew them and had the name among three. Was he not most honorable of three? Therefore he was their captain. Howbeit he attained not unto the first three. And Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of snow. And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. But he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. These things did Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, and had the name among three mighty men. He was more honorable than the thirty, but he attained not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. Asahel, the brother of Joab, was one of the thirty. Elhanan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem. Shammah, the Herodite. Elika, the Herodite. Helez, the Paltite. Ira, the son of Ikesh, the Tekoite. Abizer, the Anathothite, Anathothite, <laughs> Nebani, the Hushathite, Zalman, the Ahothite, Maharai, the Netaphalite, the Maharishi Mahashogi. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a slew of uh, unfamiliar names. But, but please continue. Yeah. Heleb, the son of Baana, a Netaphathite. Ittai, the son of Ribai, out of Gibeah, of the children of Benjamin. Beniah, the Parathonite, Hidai, of the brooks of Gaash. Abialbon, the Arbathite. Asmaveth, the, Bar- the Barhumite. Elahiba, the Shealbanite, of the sons of Jashan, Jonathan. Shammah, the Herathite, Hararite. Ahiam, the son of Sharar, the Hararite. Eliphelet, the son of Abishai, the son of Maacathite. Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilonite. Hezrai, the Carmelite. Paarai, the Arbite. Egal, the son of Nathan of Zobah. Bani, the Gadite. Zelek, the Ammonite. Naharai, the Beerathite. Armorbearer to Joab, the son of Zariah. Ira, an Ithrite, Garab, an Ithrite, Uriah, the Hittite, 30 and 7 in all. Okay, so uh, now again, where we see these epithets like Zelek the Ammonite, probably talking about the territory he either lived in or came from, you know, so like Ruth the Moabitess and Uriah the Hittite. Okay, so uh, so quite a slew of unfamiliar names. It's like yeah, uh, but you're you're reading through these like uh, musical notes. <laughs> you only stumbled. <laughs> you only stumbled a couple of times. Very good. Yeah. All it right. Doesn't feel like it. It's pretty tough. It is. It is because reading a word. I mean, for the very first time. Although it was what what fifteen years ago we, we <laughs> did this study. 
You know, well, what I, was it? I think it was uh, six years ago. What, five or six or seven years ago. I well, hey, but we uh, started. When did we start? We started in. Oh, we uh, started in 2010, and we got done in 2015. Right. So we, yeah. Yeah. So it was a good 12 years ago we started, and so yeah, yeah, and uh, so. But you read them once before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I don't remember how well you did, you know, in, in those days. But you know, these are these are difficult names. But you, you know, the one the one easy one was Carmelite. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, we got one more chapter of Second Samuel. Let's go. Chapter twenty four. And again, the anger of Yahweh was kindled against Israel, and He moved David against them to say, "Go." Number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said unto the king, Now, Yahweh thy God, add unto the people how many soever they be, a hundredfold, and at the eyes of my lord the king may see it. But why doth my lord the king delight in this thing? Notwithstanding, the king's words prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the host. And Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. And they passed over Jordan and pitched in Aror on the right side of the city that lies in the midst of the river Gad and toward Jazer. Then they came to Gilead and to the land of Tath. Timhodoshi, and they came to Danjaan and about to Zidon, and about to Zidon, and came to the stronghold of Tyre, and to all the cities of the Hivites and of the Canaanites, and they went out of the south of Judah, even to Beersheba. So when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave up the sum of the number of the people unto the king. And there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men that drew the sword. Wow. And the men of Judah were 500,000 men. Okay, so uh, the city of Tyre was still in existence here, which means that the Phoenicians were plying their merchant trade throughout the Mediterranean still at this time. And the vast majority of sailors for the Phoenicians were Israelites. Okay, so that's why they spoke Hebrew. It's amazing to me, Dan, that the secular historians and Bible you know, commentators will assert that the Phoenician tongue came before the Hebrew tongue. That is absolutely impossible because the Hebrews existed long before the Phoenicians. All right, mm-hmm. and and we know that the Phoenician sailors were Israelites, so the Phoenicians learned Hebrew from us, not vice versa. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. We are on verse ten, and David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. Ooh. And David said unto Yahweh, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Yahweh, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Okay, all right, so what was the sin here? I think David probably, yeah, well, numbering, yeah. But I think he felt pride. He wanted to know how great his army was, you know, just to to be, it's pride of heart. Ego, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This big army. Right, yeah, uh, I've got an army of one. 
right. <laughs> I guess that's big enough. As Paul says, me plus Yahweh can never lose. Back to you. For when David was up in the morning, the word of Yahweh came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith Yahweh, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto unto thee in the land? Or wilt thou flee three months before thine enemies while they pursue thee? Or that that there be three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of Yahweh, for his mercies are great, and let me not fall into the hand of a man. So Yahweh sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed. And there died of the people from Dan, even to Beersheba, 70,000 men. And when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, Yahweh repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed the people, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of Yahweh was by the threshing place of Aruna, the Jebusite. Okay, uh, that's interesting. If I'm not mistaken, the number of, um, what was it? Uh, I I don't think this is recounting the same story. No, it isn't. When the Assyrians uh, under, what's his name now? Uh, The last general to try to, the one who tried to capture Jerusalem. uh, uh, 70,000 Assyrians were slaughtered. Pardon? I'm not, no, I said, um, was it General Titus? Was it uh, no, no, no. This is uh, uh, the Assyrian army. They had they had taken oh. off uh, the ten northern tribes, and then one of their generals uh, tried to take the land of Judah, but it failed to capture the city of Jerusalem. And they had forty-two fenced cities of the Judahites and and Benjaminites captured and added to the ten northern tribes. Okay, was uh, that Sennacherib? Maybe. Uh, yes, that was Sennacherib, exactly. And he had 70,000 soldiers slain. So there's got to be something to this number 70,000 here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's significant. All right, so back to you. Verse 18, And Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto Yahweh in the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as Yahweh commanded. And Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Aruna said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto Yahweh, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aruna said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seems good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Aruna as a king give unto the king. And Aruna said unto the king, Yahweh thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto Yahweh my God of that which does cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. 
And David built there an altar unto Yahweh and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So Yahweh was entreated for the, for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. And that concludes Second Samuel. All right, very good. Okay, uh, Swamp Fox wants to know if you can pronounce the word shibboleth. Shibboleth? Yeah. Oh, you just did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I forget which tribe. One of the tribes wasn't able to pronounce that word. I guess they didn't. Uh, oh, weren't able. Yeah, to that was. Uh, was that Benjamin? That couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, I can't remember. So, but the the Celts and the Irish can't pronounce the, right? They they say t. They can't pronounce the th. So, okay. but 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 you passed. I passed. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> All right. So we're getting ready to go into First Kings, and we have a short lesson regarding First Kings as well. Back to you. Okay, now King David was old and stricken in years, and they covered him with clothes, but he got no heat. Wherefore his servant said unto him, Let there be sought for my lord the king a young virgin, and let her stand before the king, and let her cherish him, and let her lie in thy bosom, that my lord the king may get heat. So they sought for a fair damsel throughout all the coasts of Israel, and found Abishag, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. And the damsel was very fair, and cherished the king, and ministered to him, but the king knew her not. Okay, very fair, meaning very white, had very, very white, white skin, yes. Okay. Yeah. Then Adoniah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen, and fifty men to run before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, What hast thou? done so. And he was also a very goodly man. And his mother bare him after Absalom. And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest. And they followed Adoniah, and they following Adoniah helped him. But Zadok, the priest, and Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan, the prophet, and Shimei, and Ray, and the mighty men which belonged to David were not with Adoniah. And Adoniah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone of Zoholeth, which is by Enrogel, and called all his brethren the king's sons and all the men of Judah the king's servants. But Nathan the prophet and Beniah and the mighty men and Solomon his brother he called not. Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast not thou heard that Adoniah the son of Haggith does reign? And David, our Lord, knows it not. Ooh. Now therefore come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life, and the life of thy son Solomon. Another insurrection. <laughs> yep. How many insurrections have we, I should count, I'll go back and count how many insurrections there were uh, against Saul and David and everybody else. Back to you. Verse 13. Go and get thee into Go and get thee in unto King David, and say unto him, Didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thy handmaid, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? Why then does Adoniah reign? Ooh. Behold, huh. while thou yet talkest there with the king, I also will come in after thee, and confirm thy words. And Bathsheba went in unto the king into the chamber, 
and the king was very old, and Abishag, the Shunammite, ministered unto the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did obeyance unto the king. And the king said, What wouldest thou? And she said unto him, My lord, thou swearest by Yahweh thy God unto thy handmaid, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne. And now, behold, Adoniah reigns. And now, my lord the king, thou knowest it not. And he has slain oxen and fat cattle and sheep in abundance, and has called all the sons of the king, and Abiathar the priest, and Joab the captain of the host. But Solomon, my servant, has he not called. Oh, boy. And thou, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are upon thee, that thou shouldest tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it shall come to pass, when my lord the king shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. And, lo, while she yet talked with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. And they told the king, saying, Behold, Nathan the prophet. And when he was come in before the king, he bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, hast thou said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? For he has gone down this day, and has slain oxen and fat cattle and sheep in abundance. And he has called all the king's sons, and the captains of the host, and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they eat and drink before him, and say, God save king Adonijah. Oh, oh, God save King Charlie, <laughs> right? <laughs> Charlie, the one who was circumcised by a mohel. I think the uh, reign of the British throne is over. Over. Okay, back to you. Because as far as I can tell, Elizabeth was the last pure-blooded monarch to reign, and King Charlie... Uh, he's a Freemason and all that other, he, he's all, and he's definitely, uh, he's the one who actually helped institute the Great Reset. Okay? So, oh. Ch- Charles III is the enemy of true Israel, for sure. Mm-hmm. Alright, back to you. Verse 26. But me, even me thy servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and thy servant Solomon, has he not called? Is this thing done by my lord the king, and thou hast not showed it unto thy servant? Who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? It's news to me. <laughs> wow. What what an attempt, uh, a usurpation here. Uh, unbelievable. All right. Then King David answered and said, Call me Bathsheba. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore and said, As Yahweh lives, that has redeemed my soul out of all distress, even as I swear unto thee by Yahweh, God of Israel, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead, even so will I certainly do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the earth, and did reverence to the king, and said, Let my lord King David live forever. And King David said, Call me Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king. The king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and call Solomon my son to ride upon my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. 
And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there king over Israel. And blow ye with the trumpet and say, God save King Solomon. Then ye shall come up after him, that he may come and sit upon my throne, for he shall be king in my stead. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. Yahweh God of my Lord, the king, say so too. As Yahweh has been with my Lord, the king, even so be he with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took an horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet and all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. And Adoniah and all the guests that were with him heard it as they had made an end of the eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Wherefore is this noise of the city being in an uproar? And while he yet spake, behold, Jonathan the son of Abiathar the priest came. And Adoniah said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bring good tidings. And Jonathan answered and said to Adoniah, Verily our Lord King David has made Solomon king. And the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon, and they are come up from thence rejoicing, so that the city rang again. This is the noise that you have heard. And also Solomon sits on the throne of the kingdom. And moreover, the king's servants came to bless our Lord King David, saying, God, make the name of Solomon better than thy name and make his throne greater than thy throne. And the king bowed himself upon the bed. And also, the, and also thus said the king, Blessed be Yahweh, God of Israel, which has given one to sit on my throne this day. Mine eyes have seen it. My my, even, my eyes even seeing it. And all the guests that were with Adonijah were afraid uh-huh. and rose up and went every man his way. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon and arose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah fears, the, fears King Solomon, for, lo, he has caught hold on the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear unto me, Today that he will not slay his servant with the sword. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, there shall not an hair of him fall to the earth. But if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. And he came and bowed himself to King Solomon. And Solomon said unto him, Go to thine house. Okay. Now that's... now. Solomon is more merciful to a person like this than David was. Actually, but actually, uh, when David had the opportunity to kill Saul, yeah. uh, he didn't. Right. So, but this is the type of mercy we're supposed to show. And uh, if we swear in the name of Yahweh, no, nothing bad can happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, but where does Adonai get off thinking he could just take over? 
right? Without authority from the king. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay, yeah. chapter 2. Chapter 2. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go to the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of Yahweh thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, and his commandments, and his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou dost, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that Yahweh may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the hosts of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he slew, and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not this whorehead go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at thy table. For so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom, thy brother. And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite of Bahurim, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanam. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by Yahweh, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Okay, now there we go. By the name of Yahweh. So, yep. he's going to keep his word. Okay. Now, therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his, but his whore head bring thou down to the grave with blood. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were forty years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron. And thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. And Adoniah the son of Haggith came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. And she said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. He said, Moreover, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, Say on. And he said, Thou knowest that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel set their faces on me, that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom is turned about, and has become my brother's, for it was his from Yahweh. And now I ask one petition of thee, deny me not. And she said unto him, Say on. And he said, Speak, I pray thee, unto Solomon the king, that he, may give, that he give me Abishag the Shunammite to wife. And Bathsheba said, Well, I will speak for thee unto the king. Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon to speak unto him for Adoniah. And the king rose up to meet her, and bowed himself unto her, and sat down on his throne, and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. Then she, then, then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee, say me not nay. <laughs> and the king said unto her, Ask on, my mother, for I will not say thee nay. And she said, Let Abishag, the Shunammite, 
be given to Adoniah, thy brother, to wife. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, And why dost thou ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adoniah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is mine elder brother, even for him and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zariah. Then King Solomon swore by Yahweh, saying, God do so to me, and more also, if Adoniah have not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as Yahweh lives, which has established me, and set me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house, as he promised, Adoniah shall be put to death this day. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and fell upon him that he died. And unto Abiathar the priest said the king, Get thee to Anathoth, unto thine own fields, for thou art worthy of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou bearest the ark of Yahweh, God, before David my father, and because thou hast been afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto Yahweh, that he might fulfill the word of Yahweh, which he spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. Then tidings came to Joab, for Joab had turned after Adoniah, though he turned not after Absalom. And Joab fled unto the tabernacle of Yahweh and caught hold on the horns of the altar. Okay. And he told King Solomon, <laughs> Joab was fled unto the tabernacle of Yahweh, and behold, he is by the altar. Then Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go, fall upon him. And Benaiah came to the tabernacle of Yahweh and said unto him, Thus saith the king, Come forth. And he said, Nay, but I will die here. And Benaiah brought the word, brought the king word again, saying, Thus said Joab, and thus he answered me. And the king said unto him, Do as he has said, and fall upon him, and bury him, that thou mayest take away the innocent blood which Joab shed from me and from the house of my father. And Yahweh shall return his blood upon his own head, who fell upon two men more righteous and better than he. And he slew them with the sword. My father David, not knowing thereof, to wit, Abner the son of Ner, captain of the host of Israel, and Amasa the son of Jether, captain of the host of Judah. Their blood shall be therefore return upon the head of Joab, and upon the head of his seed forever. But upon David, and upon his seed, and upon his house, and upon his throne, shall there be peace forever from Yahweh. So Benaiah the son of Jehoiada went up and fell upon him and slew him, and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. And the king put Benaiah the son of Jehoiada in his room over the host, and Zadok the priest did the king put in the room of Abiathar. And the king sent and called for Shimei, and said unto him, Build thee a house in Jerusalem, and dwell there, and go not forth thence any whither. For it shall be that on the day that thou goest out, and passes over the brook Kidron, thou shalt surely thou shalt know for certain that thou shalt surely die. Thy blood shall be upon thine own head. And Shimei said unto the king, The saying is good, as my lord the king has said, so will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. And it came to pass at the end of three years that the two servants of Shimei ran away unto Achish the son of Maacah, king of Gath. And they told Shimei, saying, Behold, 
thy servants be in Gath. And Shimei arose and saddled his ass and went to Gath to Achish to seek his servants. And Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. And it was told Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and was come again. And the king sent and called for Shimei and said unto him, Did I not make thee to swear by Yahweh and protest it unto thee, saying, No for a certain, on the day that thou goest out and walkest abroad any whither, that thou shalt surely die? <laughs> and thou didst, and thou saidest unto me, The word that I have heard is good. But my servants ran away, and I wanted them back. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Why then hast thou not kept the oath of Yahweh and the commandment that I have charged thee with? The king said, moreover to Shimei, thou knowest all the wickedness which thine heart is privy to, that thou didst to David my father. Therefore Yahweh shall return thy wickedness upon thine own head. And King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before Yahweh forever. So the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, which went out and fell upon him, that he died. And the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Okay, so a bunch of more people had to die for for Solomon to reign, right? Okay, so, well, who else would have to die? Well, here, let me put it this way. Uh, I'm, I'm beginning to suspect that maybe Queen Elizabeth had a, a nudge that she uh, was probably going to live longer, but Charlie got tired of waiting, <laughs> right? Because there wasn't <laughs> any news about Elizabeth having some kind of deadly disease or being, you know, very ill. All of a sudden, we just heard, oh, well, she died. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so maybe we'll get some more news about that. All right, brother, thank you for the narration. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye for now, folks. Yahweh bless everybody. And we're very close to the end, folks. (laughs) All right, thanks a lot. Praise Yahweh. See you next week. week. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye.